2: What is up, everybody? Happy Wednesday night. It feels like we've been off for weeks after uh, a busy couple of weeks to start the season. Obviously, the bye week, the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast is back in your life, as always, brought to you by Topps Markets. Uh, You can enter for a chance to win $1 million right now. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter. We are super excited tonight. We have a special guest, uh, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny Avello is in the house. Thank you so much, sir, for taking some time with us tonight.
1: My pleasure, man.
2: Ryan. Good to be with you guys. It's great to be with you. How are you, Ryan Talbot?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. No complaints here. Happy the bye week is in the rearview mirror and that we have an actual football game to discuss here.
2: Indeed, indeed. So I think the best place to start, Johnny, is with this historic line uh, that Aaron Rodgers is facing on Sunday. I think the last time I checked on DraftKings, Maybe earlier this morning it was up to at an eleven and a half points. What are from a betting perspective people seeing with this Green Bay Packers team and maybe why he is facing this this line on the road against this bills team?
1: Yeah, well, they're not seeing much uh, that's the problem. <laughs> uh we opened this game eight and a half. The bills were up to eleven. We haven't gotten to eleven and a half yet, but okay. you know probably will get there. Uh, and the strange part is the totals come down a little from 48 to 47 and a half. So you would think that as the spread would go up, the total would go up but not the case here. I just I mean, the Packers are just struggling offensively. Defensively, they're not too bad, but, uh, you know, they, they really do miss the wide receiver. They traded away to the Raiders. I mean, it just looks like Aaron Rodgers and him were in sync anytime they needed a big play. Uh, and, you know, Adams is not there to help them get that big play anymore. Now, with that being said, they also have a few other receivers that uh, are injured, and but it's, it's just not working this year. The team isn't scoring a lot, uh, 18 points a game, which is just abnormal for them. But the scoring in the NFL is just down in general for a lot of teams.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Jenny, we were talking before the the show came on about scoring and you said you would would touch upon that. In addition to that, the Packers, uh, they were one of the Super Bowl favorites coming into this year. Have their odds dropped the most among the Super Bowl favorites or are the Buccaneers right there with them? And then who's helped their odds the most so far through these first six, seven weeks of the season?
1: Yeah, the Packers are now 30 to one after being right around that 10 or 12 range. The Eagles, uh, I'll tell you the teams that have kind of gone up the elevator and gone down. Uh, the Eagles are at five. You could have had them at 25, 30 to one at the start of the season. Uh, Tampa Bay is dropping their odds or when I mean dropping, they're falling to a higher number. They are now 15. <clears throat> now, you know, guys, we're only through six, six games or so, uh, mm-hmm. seven games. So certainly there is time for, the, for these teams to rebound. Tampa Bay could still win their division quite easily, whereas Green Bay, uh, it's going to be a little more difficult because the Vikings have started off so well. Speaking of the Vikings, that's a team that have has gone from, you know, 40, 50 to one, now down to 16 to one. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, some other teams that are kind of holding where they were uh, would be like the Dolphins. Rams have dropped a lot. The Giants were one 160 to 1. They're down down to 40. So there has been a lot of movement with these teams. And we do keep these odds up, not only weekly, but even as the games are going. So there's always a lot of action in the future book.
2: Ryan mentioned uh, the point totals this year and how uh, we're seeing some pretty dramatic lows here uh i think i I saw a stat today 43.4 uh points per game average this season in the nfl which is the lowest it's been since 2010 and i'm wondering from a betters perspective and like a book perspective even what has that done to setting the over unders this week and then week by week here early in the season then how do you project this moving forward and if things kind of maybe get closer back to what averages have been, how does that affect things down the stretch? And as we move towards the end of the season,
1: well, we have dropped the totals, you know, on each and every, not every game, but a lot of them just uh, following the pattern and seeing how teams aren't scoring. But um, you know, it's, it's not a, a knee jerk reaction because we're, we realize that these totals could go back up. I don't know what, what it is guys with these teams, maybe it's the preseason preseason shorter now. And the offenses uh maybe are just not ready to go, but here we are week seven, eight. I mean, they should be ready to go at this time. Just some team just can't score at all. Some teams forgot how to score, you know, and then there's your Buffalo and your Kansas cities. Uh, even the Raiders have, you know, been able to score. Okay. But uh, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City are doing what we expected them to do. Everybody else seems to just uh, their their offense has just fallen off. So I can't put my finger on it yet, but we are reacting to it.
2: Have betters adjusted quickly to it? Like, is this something that that trend they picked up on? You know, week two, week three, or is it something that they're you're still seeing people betting maybe the maybe the overs more?
1: Guys, they've picked up on it, but they're not reacting to it because they want to bet the overs. There's very few casual players that want to bet under in a football game. You know, they want to be, they want to bet the under. They're rooting for scoring. So for us, the bookmakers, even though we've made some adjustments, things have gone really well for us each and every week of the NFL season, which is quite unusual. There's usually at least one, sometimes two weeks, at least up to this point where we've been hit pretty hard. But that's not the case so far. You know, we've been doing well every week because of the unpredictability. The players are still betting the overs. Uh, it's hard picking a you know a, a team to win. Even forget about covering some of these teams are having struggle just winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bucks last week, 13 thirteen and a half point favorite. You know, lose, they lose the game by seventeen.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of crazy games and outcomes this year. Uh but for the, you know, for the most part with the Bills that Matt and I cover here every week, they've been handling business for the most part or winning tight games, something we didn't see a lot last year. Uh they're one of those few teams that have been pretty consistent this year like you said in terms of scoring. Uh so with the Bills obviously being among the Super Bowl favorites all year, you know, today we saw the Eagles make a trade for Robert Quinn. Uh the Bills there's always fans clamoring for Buffalo to do a similar type of move in terms of add that final piece. Is there any player out there whether it's free agency or via trade that the Bills could add right now that would even help their Super Bowl odds on DraftKings even further than what they already are?
1: God, they're so short guys. They're 5 to 2 plus 250 to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a really short price for this time of the year. Uh, That's about as low as we've had anybody in quite a few years. So Mm. I'm like you guys. I'm always reading about, you know, what they might do. I know they were interested in McCaffrey, but they didn't want to give up as, you know, that as much the 49ers did to get a guy like that. The one guy I saw that they also is kind of in their radar a little bit was Kareem Hunt. That could be a guy that helps them out a lot. Uh, You know, would it drop the odds much, not much lower than plus two fifty, so uh, you know, short of getting another digs, a, guy, a player like a digs, I I don't know if there is anybody out there that could drop, you know, the odds much lower than they are currently.
2: I'm interested about the bills because there's such it's such an interesting arc of the storyline, right? Everybody remembers them from the four Super Bowl losses of the 90s. And I feel like the fan base has gone through this facelift with the rise of Bills Mafia and the social media age. And now they're this like this kind of fun story that I feel like people like to root for. I mean, in our shows, in the live chat all the time, we get people from other fan bases that come in like asking, hey, can we join uh, Bills Mafia? Can we root for the Bills? So I'm curious from a betting perspective, are the Bills a team that gets you know, week to week, a lot of action just because people like watching them. They're they're a little bit more of a notorious team now and, and everything like that.
1: They do. They're a popular team right now. And and that's because not only are they good this year, they've been good for a few years. Last year, maybe they're supposed to win the whole thing, you know, but some something freaky happens. Something freaky seems to happen to them, you know, every time that they're close and they don't get there. You know, that's why – You have to be fortunate to win a Super Bowl. Tom Brady's got a bunch of rings, but believe me, he's been very fortunate along the way. Some good things have happened for him to win that many because it's difficult. It's difficult to get there and it's difficult to win. Uh, But to answer your question, yes, Uh, there are a lot of followers of the Bills. They get bet. They're one of the probably most heavily bet uh, games that we carry on a week-to-week basis. Um, and you know when they they're now New Yorkers are embracing them. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York, originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, people talk about the who are the New York teams, and they would never include the Bills in that conversation. And out of Bills are the number one team in that conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny how that works. Been a popular talking point on uh, social media on Fox Sports uh, last week as well. There's a whole skit on that. But you know, you mentioned. Favorable things having to happen for a team to win a Super Bowl. Well, the most favorable thing that the Bills have had happen to them in quite a few years is drafting Josh Allen. One of those players that a lot of people thought would not pan out in the NFL. He's just become this unbelievable superstar. MVP talk. You know, he was one of the popular favorites before the season began. He's done nothing to hurt his odds. But where does he compare right now to the other favorites from the start of the year?
1: Well, Mahomes, uh Has been right there, either first or second, not only this year, but for the last couple of years. And Mahomes is in that second spot, sitting about four to one. Now, Mahomes was a little bit shorter than that, but Allen is taking quite a bit of money. Again, guys, this is a very short price for an MVP when we're only halfway through the season, not even halfway. Josh Allen is plus 126 to five. Very, very short price. Now, uh, a couple other guys that usually aren't in this conversation would be Jalen Hurts. You know, he's at five to one in the third spot. And then after that, you find a bunch of guys that are double digits. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Herbert. He's in the, you know, 20s range. Geno Smith, 35. So right now, if, when you look at our odds, we consider, you know, a three-man race. With one man, Josh Allen, you know, controlling uh, that race. Uh, if Josh Allen continues to do uh, just a portion of what he's done so far, probably gonna win this.
2: I don't know if you have this number on you, but you just mentioned Geno Smith there and it just perked my interest. 35 to one. I'm curious, where was he at going into the season? And is there any numbers on whether or not that might be the most historic jump from preseason? To week six because
1: that is that is wild. Yeah, well, remember, you know, Russell Wilson was traded uh, before the season started, but not that far out. And so, Geno Smith wasn't even on our board. Um, mm-hmm. But Geno Geno Smith was probably around the hundred twenty five range or so, uh, and now thirty five. He's taking some money and he's doing well. But uh, you know, can he continue to do that through the year? That's mm-hmm. That's why his odds are still 35. What we've seen so far is, uh, you know, great job by Geno for uh, then bringing his team into the plus column and leading uh, the NFC West, by the way.
2: What would you say people are betting more? I don't know if you have this kind of thing in front of you, but the Josh Allen MVP bet or the Bills to win the Super Bowl bet?
1: Uh, Bills to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen certainly taking some money, but the MVP market is nowhere near the size of the Super Bowl market. Super Bowl market starts taking action right after the previous year's Super Bowl ends, uh, mm-hmm. so it's up there for a full year, and the Bills have taken a good piece of the action. Last I looked, I think they were they had taken about 20, 20 close to twenty five percent of the action. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's wow. pretty wild considering all the teams and uh, some you know the Chiefs, all those other teams that are perennial favorites as well. Do, does DraftKings do next team odds for free agents like this is who they're most likely to sign with or the favorites? And if so, Odell Beckham Jr., where are the odds right now of where he lands next?
1: You know, we do that sometimes, guys, when we have uh, a little bit of time. And, uh, you know, it's, we could put something like that up, but we don't have that up right now. But we do that with a lot of different players where they where's this quarterback going to land. But, you know, this is probably something that, you know, may happen within the next you know, week or so. Um, and uh, it's not something that currently we have up. Uh, so, you know, could we put it up? Might we put it up? We'll see.
2: Um, obviously, New York uh, mobile sports betting became legal uh, over the last, I think what year and a half year, year and a half. And so people, I think still pretty novice at the, you know, just operation of it. I think, you know, I talk to people all the time that kind of just dabble in it, like download an app here and there. And obviously, you know, from my experience, DraftKings is, is among the most popular, if not the most popular. And I'm curious from the betting side or the book side of things, when you talk to people like new people that are kind of getting into betting, do you advocate more for, you know, putting your, get your, your bets going into a weekend or going into a game, or do you feel like live betting is kind of the way to go? Cause I, I've experienced both. I think there's, there's pros and cons to both, but what, what do you tell people?
1: So remember guys, we've been in New York now for three plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, we were at the Del Lago, uh, which is be- ah, Del Lago oh. casino, which is between Rochester and, uh, and uh, Syracuse. Gotcha. And uh, what the intentions were is that eventually New York would go to the digital product and it happened. And a lot of bettors who were betting in New Jersey were New Yorkers. And so now they could stay at home. So mm-hmm. at first the enrollment was mostly in a metropolitan area, but New York continues to grow. It's the biggest state now. And that will continue to grow because it's a large state and people will More and more people will come on uh, because DraftKings, we offer a lot of stuff on our network, you know, not only your core sports, but as things get approved, you know, we do cornhole, uh, we do table tennis. We're looking at pickleball right now. I don't know if you guys play pickleball, but it's something that, you know, we're interested in, might see that. But if you want to be betting in-game wagering, you need to do it on the app. It's mm-hmm. just way too fast to do it uh over the counter. So you right. have to have an app and you have to be prepared and you have to watch closely. And you can do all of that on your app or from your computer. So uh in-game wagerings is growing. That's that really is uh you know where sports has seen the biggest growth. And pre-game also is very popular because we have so many different options up there. But New York is number one state.
0: That's awesome. Wow. So Speaking of New York and Buffalo and and a a team like the Giants coach of the year odds, Uh, Sean McDermott, probably near the top of that list at the start of the year, has done nothing to hurt those chances. But a familiar face that he knows well is probably pushing him in terms of those odds. And Brian Dable, uh, where do those odds stand as of right now through, like you said, only seven weeks of the
1: season? Right now, we're looking at, uh, let's see, Coach of the Year, right? Dable um, Dable uh, is is five to two um, mm-hmm. behind behind Sirianni at plus one and a quarter. Uh, after that, it pretty much opens up. Uh, everybody's double digits after that. You know, one guy you might have to look at and kind of consider a little who, who I think's done a tremendous job is a Pete Carroll. He's twenty to one. Mm. because you didn't think he had a lot to work with there. We know the other guys did have, you know, quite a bit to work with. So, like I say, we're halfway through the season. But those two guys, uh, Sirianni at plus a quarter, Dable at plus 250. They've taken most of the money so far, and everybody's trailing those two. Uh, They're the guys to certainly catch.
2: We're going to get you out of here on this one, but I wanted to ask you one more thing, and this is just from a personal perspective because I do do these a lot. The same game parlay. How, 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 how huge has that been in really driving the mobile business? Because you got all those kind of fluctuating deals on those all the time. Like you can opt into all these little, like on the day of kind of like, uh, uptick in in odds. Um, and and they're fun. And I guess maybe like a strategy that you'd you'd recommend when you're, when you're trying to kind of do those.
1: God, so popular guys. And, uh, you know, the the reason they're so popular, you weren't able to bet these type of correlations at a parlay, and I'll give you a reason why. If you're betting the Bills in the game, but you know Josh Allen to throw one and a half touchdowns, uh, digs to catch five and a half uh, receptions, you couldn't do that in the, in the past because if a team was going to win the game and the game was going to go over, most of that stuff was going to happen. So they were correlations. Mm-hmm. But at DraftKings, we'd be able to figure out how to be able to offer that and give the, bet, give the player at least you know a fair shot with the odds. Now, the reason it's become so popular is because there's been some tremendous tickets cast. Five dollars coming back twelve thousand five hundred. I saw a ticket for uh, eighteen dollars pay fifty thousand. So there's a big payoff if you can connect the dots. And some have connected the dots. Now, sometimes it only costs you five bucks and you can make a big score. And that's, I think that's why the popularity is so high.
0: Yeah. So uh, AJ, our producer said the odds boost for Justin Herbert. Which
1: we do do all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He said there was one to have at least one passing touchdown. And this is the, he's had done it in 36 consecutive games or 36 or 37. It didn't happen. So. And a lot of those chances, it's for the fans to try to get some, I don't want to say easy money, but more likely to win. So how often do those happen, those odds boosts where it doesn't go the way of the of the better?
1: That's very rare because we position those odds so that the player, uh, you know, it's not a sure thing, but it's as close to a sure thing as you can get. Um, and so we do that for promotions, for people to uh, we give back to our current customers, for our new customers to jump on board. So, you know, if, if it didn't work out for you on that one, well, we'll have another one right around the corner that you can play. We try to do something every single night. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's not that lucrative of a payoff, but we do a lot where it's pretty much free money
2: uh Johnny thank you so much for for coming on Why don't you give a shout out to anything that you you, you want to put people's attention to uh, where they can find uh, more of you
1: yeah guys you know i'm not on a, I'm not on a twitter account um you know or facebook but the company is so i think it's i think our handle is uh at at d k uh sports Sport, sportsbook exactly so yeah anybody can go there for more information but one thing I would say about our site you know, you're not a gambling now on Sportsbook and you don't have the funds to gamble. We have free pools that we put up every single day. So I would say go to those pools, play them because it's not going to cost you anything uh, because we are putting up the money. And you can bet on you can play anything, weather, housewife, survivor. We put all kinds <laughs> of stuff up there. So uh, visit the site. And I think you'll enjoy it. And and there's more to come, guys. We, you know, we'll start doing Oscar odds when that gets closer. And a lot oh, of gosh, people, I hope my wife's not listening. She's going to she'll go. crush the Oscars bats. One thing about Oscar odds, guys, when we do the Oscars, that's when we get a lot of females to sign up because they say, now you're in my wheelhouse. So, <laughs> so we do a lot of different offerings for a lot of different cu- cu- types of customers. Well, it's funny
2: because, um, she she will do that. She will crush the the Oscars. But she probably is better than me betting the NFL too. So there you go. She, <laughs> she's yeah. she is a she is the dream the dream wife. So there you go, Johnny. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, have a great week.
1: Thank you much, guys. Chef, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.
2: We are going to move into the second portion of our program. We got a lot. To kind of get you guys caught up on, we're gonna talk about what what was going down today in Orchard Park at the facility. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things happening as the Bills kind of report back, begin preparations for the Packers. We'll get into that. We we'll get into some trade stuff because. You know, there's a lot of movement. I mean, Robert Quinn gets traded today uh, on the heels of the Christian McCaffrey deal. Kareem Hunt, apparently, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns are listening to offers potentially for him. Might take like a fourth round pick reportedly. We can get into that a little bit. Maybe if the bill should even entertain a trade, we'll get into all of that. But Before we do, uh, tis the season to save on groceries. And all of your holiday gifts, Christmas bonus is underway at Tops Friendly Markets. Shop at Tops and save $10 at all of your other favorite stores and restaurants. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's. Great family dining at Applebee's. Or Buffalo Wild Wings, the new big screen TV you want from Best Buy, and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper with Christmas bonus from Tops for a complete list of available gift card savings. Visit slash Christmas bonus, Ryan Talbot.
0: Yeah, always great deals. I uh, love the new reads. I, I love whenever those pop up. So uh, <laughs> I love our partnership with Tops.
2: All right, where, where do you want to go first,
0: Ryan? Well, you know, let's, let's go first with uh, the Trey white talk, not in a red Jersey today. So Mm. there's the good news. Bad news is he's not playing this week against the Packers. Uh, I think a lot of bills fans, Matt, were probably thinking maybe there was an outside chance he suits up in this game. Uh, But in your opinion, is he trending in the right direction for next week's game after Sunday night football?
2: Yeah, he's trending in the right direction. And, For me, this isn't that big of a shock just because when the Bills activated or opened his window, I always thought that it was with the idea that he would be activated at the end of that cycle. So I kind of put it at around this time where he gets another week of practice. He got that first week before the bye, get a chance to kind of recalibrate in the off week, then come back the next week, and then really kick it into high gear. And actually when we were walking into the uh, facility – Uh, after uh, practice had ended and locker room was open and, and the press conference were started, starting, you saw, you know, Trey White working off to the side and you could just definitely tell it's at another level now. Like he's, he's, he's kind of really elevating into that perfect place where you need him to be right before he does come back. So my full expectation is, you know, he's probably ready for next week in the jets. And it's just something that, listen, Ryan, this is, Maybe, maybe they open the window with the idea that, Hey man, if things aren't going well, maybe you, you know, you drop a game to the chiefs and they, they, their passing game really just, you know, runs up the score on us. We might want to, you know, uh, a little bit of a jolt, but this secondary has been really good. I mean, they don't have to rush Tredavious white back. They can be in a spot where honestly, when he does get back the uh, you know, the rotation, how that all works out, it's going to be a little bit complicated. And by the way, this week, Alan Lazard might not play. And if you think about it, he's probably their top receiver. Romeo Dobbs has been up and down, mostly down. Christian Watson, it hasn't really been too much success for him early on. And then Sammy Watkins, boy, I was watching that game last week. That dude looks like nothing, like the version of the player that came into this league. So I just don't know if their playmakers are something that you're really worried about in this game.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I think even Watson and Watkins are dealing with uh, hamstring injuries. Now, that doesn't mean they're not mm-hmm. going to play, but they're not going to be at 100% either, potentially. Uh, so, as you mentioned, this cornerback unit's fared very well this year without having Trey White in the lineup. They're getting healthier at those other players besides Trey White. Benford was obviously in a wrap in the last game uh, with a fractured hand injury. I'd like to think that that's going to be a lot better in this matchup, too, post-bye. Mm-hmm. Dane Jackson, obviously missed some time early this year with that neck injury, and he's been back in action. Kyrie Lum's gotten better and better each week. And then obviously you have Taryn Johnson at that nickel cornerback spot. So as you mentioned, inside, outside, they're very deep at cornerback. And I think that's going to be a good problem to have when it comes to the return of Trey White, whether it's that Jets game or, um, and then just for the rest of the season as is, because yes, you can get him in the lineup. You can get him playing valuable and meaningful reps. But you also don't need to jump him right into the lineup playing 60, 70, 80, 90 percent of the snaps. You can ease him in with those other cornerbacks that you have, two rookies that you have a lot of trust and faith in. And then obviously a guy like Dane Jackson, who uh, since being on this team has done nothing but make plays when he's been in the game.
2: Mm -hmm. The Trey White stuff is, is really exciting, though, like I feel like from a. From obviously from a fan perspective, every video that we put out going back to training camp, people have, have really been a bit excited about it. But you can see the excitement starting to build like in the building too. And it's funny, uh, Stefan Diggs was asked about it today. And he's like, before he got to Buffalo, he said he never really believed in that term of like iron sharpens iron. Like he just thought, man, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to cook everybody. And then he started playing up against Tradavius White in practice. He's like, all right, all right, now I'm starting to get his iron sharpens iron business because they do have that kind of back and forth. That's, that's really fun uh, to watch and practice and it gets you better. Like, you know, Stefan Diggs was talking about it today too, aside from Trey is like every week he goes up against the number one cornerback for the other team. That is something that you can expect that every week, week in and week out. And so having that in practice in those one-on-one settings, like not only are you getting better because you're just probably being, you're just able to be in the lab with another all pro caliber player. But you're also kind of seeing like, okay, this is raising my confidence when I'm making these kind of plays in practice. I'm probably going to see nothing like this on game day outside of maybe three or four other dudes in the league. Now, just so happens this week, Jair Alexander is kind of one of those guys. So, you know, another week, another big time uh, cornerback. And he's obviously played Xavier Howard and J.C. Jackson in years past. And we all know how those matchups went and. Um, it's funny because you know, J.C. Jackson before the injury, and it's it's a shame. You never want to see a guy get banged up. But he was struggling for them out there before that. And it's almost like Bill's fans were probably watching that like this this is a repeat episode.
0: Yeah. And like you said, he suffered a season-ending injury. You hope that he's back at 100% next year uh, playing at a high level. But maybe the system fit wasn't right for him. Maybe that's just not the right defense for him. Um, but he, he did look out of place there with the charges, but going back to, uh, digs, you know, he's having his best season to date in terms of how fast he's, uh, put up these types of numbers. And he's been tested this year against some pretty good cornerbacks, obviously Jalen Ramsey in week one, he's gone against a guy like Xavier and Howard and, uh, some other top cornerbacks. He's also had some favorable weeks like that Titans game when there was an undrafted free agent, Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of other just guys, so to speak. So he's had a mixed bag, but he's going to have a real test this week on Sunday night, and it's going to be interesting to see how he fares against Alexander, uh, what that matchup means for a guy like Gabe Davis. So, you know, we just had uh, someone from DraftKings on. Maybe this is a a game where you want to put something down on Gabe Davis to score a touchdown based on the matchup he's potentially going to have. It's just always fascinating when these matchups arise in terms of who you're watching, uh, and who they are potentially going to try to take away. Mm-hmm. Charles G. Uh,
2: says his best guess is the, they rotate series with Trey and Elam Benford when he comes back. And the idea of that, maybe Charles, is you are referring to maybe like a three-man rotation? I could see a situation where they continue to rotate the rookies and then rotate Trey and Dane Jackson in, in, in a spot. Or if Trey White's completely ready, I don't think, it's out of the realm of possibility that you just see Trey white and Dane Jackson, because I still think that they're in the building. They trust Dane Jackson more than anybody else available to them. Not named Trey white right now.
0: Yeah. And uh we talked about this recently, a few shows ago about what would that do for the confidence of a Kyrie and a Christian Benford and Michael Lombardi, former GM said, you know, it, it's not even going to necessarily affect their confidence. The, the fact that they've already played so many meaningful reps is, is great for these young players, And being behind an all pro like Trey White and and a a guy like Dane Jackson, who is just, you know, he's just a sure player. You know, he's going to be in position. He's going to make the right plays. He's a solid tackler. There's no shame in playing behind those guys if that is how it all pans out. And they'll still get reps mixed in here. And it's that next man up mentality. Be ready in case something does happen. If there is an injury, if there's a turned ankle, something minor, something major those guys will be ready because of the practice settings that they're put into because of the fact that they've already played meaningful reps. And that just speaks to volumes to the bills, cornerback depth and what, how that could potentially pay off for them come playoff time.
2: Got some exciting news, Ryan Talbot. Um, we're, we're, uh, I'm, I'm bummed that you're not going to be there, but it's of course on Friday and you know, it's work day. So uh, yeah. it was only the time we could fit it in, but at 2 PM on Friday, I will be filming an episode of shout, with uh, this week's Bills Legend of the Game, Stevie Johnson, uh, who's coming back to town, obviously has a, a car wash of things that he's he's kind of getting after this week. Uh, I think he's doing One Bills Live at some point, uh, I think on Friday, and all this other stuff. He's got a, a children's book that he's kind of doing a book tour for. Um, and so we're just going to you know link up with him. Uh, it's a cool moment for me. I mean, uh, I think I've told this story before. I think I've only owned four Bills jerseys in my entire childhood. It was um, – it was a Chris Spielman, a Bruce Smith, a Terrell Owens, and a Stevie Johnson. So, um, obviously, one of my all-time favorite uh, players. So, it'll be a cool uh, little moment for me. And just to talk about this team and, like, you know, Stefan Diggs, too. Like, I'm really interested in, like, picking his brain about what makes Stefan Diggs so elite. Anyway, I'm excited for that show. I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be a live show. I'm not going to say where it's going to be yet. I might put that out there depending on how this contest goes, but – Just send me an email, mperino, M-P-A-R-R-I-N-O at nyup.com with a screenshot of you being subscribed to our channel and you enter the contest. I'm going to draw. I'm going to do a drawing tomorrow and then I'm going to invite several people, I don't know how many yet, to this live tape and you'll be able to watch the show live and maybe even come on for a segment if you'd like. It'll be really fun to get to meet Stevie Johnson. Uh, I'm excited to do it. It's going to be Friday at 2 p.m. at a local establishment. Hint, hint, there may be wings involved. And uh, it's going to be a great time. So if you want to do that, my email is mperino at nyup.com. Email me, just screenshot uh, your subscription, uh, put it in the email, and you're in. And I'll do that drawing tomorrow, and I'll let you know. All right, another interesting uh, Denver fan here and slowly becoming a Bills fan. We we just mentioned that with – with Johnny a few minutes ago, it seems like we have those comments in here every week. Micah Hyde returned uh, to Buffalo over the last couple of days. Obviously, was at the Halloween party over the weekend, the the Bills Halloween party that they do every year. His wife had the brilliant idea to dress him up as Frankenstein's monster. Had the uh, the uh, the bolts yeah, coming out of uh, the net that the neck there, but just a cool moment. We got a chance to talk to him today, and it was like it's really cool and. Micah is like, I always talk about like when we were talking to fellow media members, like who would you give the Bills like good guy media war, the guy that always does the media and like Micah has always been the guy that is first to come to mind and usually would be my pick. And today was a perfect example. I mean, he doesn't have to come and do an, uh, an interview, but he comes over 15 minutes. He spends with the media talking about, you know, what he went through. I'm writing that story. You can read it up uh, later tonight after we get out of here and just the intertwining of him starting his road back to you know, the field it's going to take six to nine months, who knows? Maybe more. And it's like juxtapos- juxtaposed to Trey White now finishing his journey and about to get back. and like von Miller having him available to both of these guys and him having to go through this two times season ending injuries and coming back from them. It's just a it's a cool story. and it's cool also, Ryan, that he's going to be around the team now for the rest of the season. maybe not in a coach role, but in some role,
0: you know, you're right. Not a coach role in title, but, the things that he'll notice on film, the things that he'll see, even in game, if he's on the sidelines, he can pull those players aside and he'll say, hey, you know, you were out of position or here's what you should have done. Here's what you could do to to be even better than uh, what you currently are. It's a huge boost for this locker room. It's a huge boost for this team. And it's obviously great for Hyde as well, because. You know, you're so used to being around the guys for uh, so many weeks out of the season and and to go through a season ending injury like that and to be away from them for a a short period of time, even if it's just a few weeks or a month or two months, it it feels a lot longer than that when you're when you're used to being around those players day in, day out.
2: I thought we could real quick, Ryan, go through uh pff put out a story and uh don't worry we're not talking about grades here so don't don't get all uh angsty in the in the chat uh but they put out a list of i think like 22 players and i thought we could kind of to, to watch at the trade deadline i mean we could go mm-hmm. through these players and just talk about potentially there you know if that's be somebody that the bills would be interested in pursuing and one name in particular that i want to start off with is is super interesting i know that the the panthers are a team that Christian McCaffrey, there was a, a multiple reports last week that the Bills had made a call on him. And obviously, once it, they found out that they wanted a first and even really like a second in multiple picks, it seems like the Bills were out on that. But obviously, DJ Moore, Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown, all these are big names. But one that PFF brings up is, is Shaq Thompson. And it's interesting because if you can get him, I don't know what the contract situation is. I have to kind of look at that. But this is a guy that Sean McDermott coached there. Um, Brandon Bean helped draft there and somebody that you can bring in is maybe, uh, another piece, like a movable piece. And I know he, he's a linebacker and I don't think he has like that kind of safety versatility. He's probably maybe more of a, maybe a Lorenzo Alexander role at this stage of his career. But that kind of got me thinking about that. That might be somebody that, you know, if you can get him for a day, three pick, that might be one name to watch.
0: And it would be an interesting name. Now, obviously, the Bills only play two linebackers on the field most sets uh, and for the majority of their reps. They have Matt Milano. They have Tremaine Edmonds. They have uh, some depth players behind them that they have a lot of trust in. But Thompson's an intriguing name because of the reason. 28 years old, by the way. 28, played under McDermott. They have that prior relationship. Uh, and, And you mentioned Lorenzo Alexander. I'll even throw like an A.J. Klein type of Uh, veteran role, someone that McDermott's comfortable with. It doesn't have to mean that his playing style is like Klein, by the way. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that he's familiar with this player. He knows that injuries happen in this league. He feels that this is someone that wouldn't cost a lot, and he could come in and and be a factor if his number had to be called upon. So, yeah, definitely not someone that was on my radar, uh, but an intriguing name nonetheless.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because like the money probably doesn't make it a factor uh, or a possibility as much. Uh, you, you figure in 2022, the Panthers, you know, chew up most of that. Um, I think it's like 15 ish million uh, that he has on, but next year's cap hit is 24.5 and the mm-hmm. dead cap hit. If you cut them, is 11.3. So that's going to be a tough number for a team that doesn't have a lot of maneuverability and is working on any extension for Tremaine Edmonds. So a fun name to think about. And obviously, if they could work out the uh, like a restructure of a deal, maybe something like that, it could be interesting. Let's go through some of these, these other names uh, that I think are also fun to talk about. Jerry Judy's one and KJ Hamler to a degree in Denver. Um, I don't think that the bills are in the market to trade for a wide receiver. Um, but what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, it, you know, Hamler's intriguing from that speed option uh, if you're looking for someone with that uh, breakaway speed. But obviously, the Bills have some guys already on this roster. They have someone like Marquez Stevenson uh, that they could bring back into the fold here if they really wanted to that has some speed as well. Judy, I'm a big fan of Jerry Judy, and it, and it was of him coming out. Uh, but like you said, you have Stefan Diggs, you have Gabe Davis. He's not someone you bring in to be a backup or depth, obviously. Uh, with the name value being a former first round pick, what well, you'd likely have to trade for him, you know, if there was an offensive skill set player from the Broncos, would be Albert O, the tight end, four four nine speed tight end, two fifty range, uh, really athletic type of guy, blockings up and down, but someone that I wouldn't mind bringing in to compete for some backup reps behind Dawson Knox by any means.
2: Uh, I'm going to bring up another interesting name uh, in the wide receiver department. This one's intriguing because obviously still on that rookie contract, and I believe you could correct me um, if I'm wrong. uh, I think he was a second-round pick, Chase Claypool, right? Did he go in the second round?
0: I believe so, yeah, because I was saying I liked him. So that's... (laughs) It's a
2: contract that I think you really like. If you're the bills, it hasn't gone well for the Steelers and they probably want to recoup something. And obviously they they have a proven track record of, of drafting guys. And I think what I like about him is he offers depth and almost maybe fills into that. Um, Jake Kummer role. And I almost think you could kind of do like a double dip if you really like Chase Claypool. And listen, I'm just talk, talking about a hypothetical world where maybe you trade a day three pick for Chase Claypool or multiple ones and then trade Jake Kummerow to the Packers. Because <laughs> obviously there's still a, a very deep love affair between Aaron Rodgers and Jake Kummerow. You want to reconnect the, those dudes, two dudes. You can maybe bring a pick back in a trade there. But I just think that would be a massive upgrade. And I think Claypool in a new with a new start like if you go back to his rookie year and what he kind of put on tape early on in his career, if you can unlock somehow that version of that player, I don't care if you got to throw Claypool in the slot and have him like split time with Isaiah McKenzie and kind of work things around. And, and I think Stefan Diggs has been playing a lot more in the slot anyway over the last couple of seasons. I think you can get creative with that. And if, it, if the cost is something that's not too crazy, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something the Bills looked at.
0: Yeah, Chase Claypool is a very talented player. He had a great rookie season, as you mentioned. It's been a lot of ups and downs since then, uh, for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the quarterback play in in the twilight of Ben Roethlisberger's career last year uh, didn't help him. He hasn't gotten off to a great start this year either. And, and there's some really talented receivers already in Pittsburgh, though. And Deontay Johnson Pickens is looking like one of the you know one of the better rookies in this year's draft class. So maybe Pittsburgh does look to move him, like you said, get something back. There was that reporter rumor that they were trying to get something similar to what uh, the, the Panthers were able to get for Christian McCaffrey. Now, mind you, different player, different skill set, a lot big differences. there. I don't think you'll get anywhere close to the McCaffrey type of deal with multiple day two, day three type of picks. But I think if the price is right, early day three picks, something like that, it might be worthwhile uh, because, like you said, I think the talent is still there, certainly.
2: T Dobbs over on YouTube says we need a speed back with great hands, need to keep pace with Miami speed. And, you know, the, the the pushback here for me on this kind of take is that I think you have a options on the roster. And one of them is the guy that you just spent a second round draft pick. And what's funny is we spent so much time talking about Devin Singletary and Zach Moss over the years. And you know they were the top two on the depth chart. So rightfully so. Neither one of them was was taken as high as James Cook was. And you drafted him to be exactly that. And I just I don't know if the reps, if the opportunities have been enough there to properly evaluate that. And I think on one hand, that's probably on the bills for not putting him in that situation. I think this is a situation where they really can kind of check him out this week against a Packers team where this thing can get out of hand early. I mean, I don't even know who Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball to. On Sunday night, if Lazard can't play and, you know, they're really banged up and it wasn't good when everybody was healthy, you know, they're going to their offense could very likely struggle in this game. This could be a game where you want to work James Cook more into the mix. And not to mention the fact that, listen, I, I like Duke Johnson a lot for that. Uh, you know, what, what, what he kind of brings in that role. He's on the practice squad right now. Like if you're really unhappy with what you've gotten behind Devin Singletary, Singletary, I, I saw somebody tweeted earlier. I'm, I'm forgetting who it was. Uh, shout out to them. I should, should give them a little love on the show send me a DM and I'll, I'll retweet your tweet. Cause I just saw it in passing, but I thought that was a good idea. Like that, that's something that, you know, they have a guy that's been in the system now since the summer that knows has been in the league a long time. And when he's really been elite at what he does, his skill set, it's been, if you go back to Cleveland, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield.
0: Yeah. Kareem Hunt is, is the one name that's been linked a lot. Like, and he's intriguing. He's a former rushing champion. He's really good at catching the ball. Uh, But when it comes to catching the ball, that's the reason they drafted James Cook. He's a rookie. They they like the skill set. They like what Singletary brings. There's the culture fit when it comes to Hunt, too. He's had some issues off the field in his career. Uh, The Bills obviously do their due diligence on that in terms of figuring out the player themselves. Have they learned from that? Have they gotten to be uh, a better version of themselves, as we've heard this regime say? So adding a back, a difference maker type of back, maybe like a Hunt, I, I if the price is right, I suppose you could see something like that happen. Uh, but I think they are more happy with their running back room than a, a lot of people really believe, even though they've had Zach Moss inactive last week against the Chiefs uh, before the bye week. I, I think they still like that trio. I think they like Duke Johnson on the practice squad. you know. And, and obviously they lost him. He's on the Panthers, but they liked Raheem Blackshear too. So at one point in time, they really liked their numbers and those backs that they had. I still feel like they have a lot of confidence in the guys that are currently here in Western New York.
2: Um, I want to finish up with Aaron Rogers. Obviously we're going to get more into this in the preview show uh, later in the week, but thoughts on the whole narrative around Rogers right now. Like the arc is just crazy. Like I was writing about this the other day um, when he was talking about Jake kumarow and, you know, thinking back to, you know, you go back to 2020 as the drama started to unfold with Aaron Rodgers. like, will he, won't, that he stay there? Like he was trying to force his way out at one point. And when they cut Kumro, he was like, all right, I'm done. And everybody thought he was going to hold out at one point. He said he was going to even retire uh, considering that like he was going to be the jeopardy host. And then like he came back and it was like one last run with Devonte Adams. Remember the Instagram post. And it's been all of this like drama. And now He's he's doing this weekly spot with Pat McAfee and, you know, get catching a lot of heat for, you know, what it seems like, you know, throwing people under the bus on the on these shows and in in these press conferences. And do you feel like this is just a tire fire around Aaron Rodgers that is just going to go super poorly on Sunday night for him in in a lot of ways because of it?
0: It wouldn't surprise me. And I'm not sure if it's going to go poorly on Sunday night because of his comments or just the way that they've played in general. Uh, That Packers offensive line has been atrocious and and atrocious. They've been missing, obviously, their star piece to that line, but I think even if Bakhtiari was was playing uh, consistently, I still think there's a lot of issues with that line as a whole, and he's still going to face a lot of pressure on Sunday regardless. The receivers have been very inconsistent, but Rodgers, you know, for someone that was bashing his teammates, saying you you might want to take some playing time away from guys that are making mistakes, There was one play where he had, I think it was Watkins, actually, who got wide open on one play last week, and he checked it down instead. Uh, And maybe it's a trust factor, not really having that rapport with Watkins and and not wanting to have that letdown. Uh, I go back to the first game of the season where he threw this beautiful deep ball to to Christian uh, Watson, and Watson drops. It goes right off his hands. So Mm -hmm. it's part of the talent. There's obviously a significant drop down in that wide receiver room after you lose a guy like Devontae Adams. Uh, But I don't think he's doing himself any favors with these comments that he's making as of late, uh, with the drama that's there. I I don't think things are going to end well in Green Bay one way or another, whether that means maybe calling it a career after this year or um, going a different route.
2: The the interesting thing, too, is like, Bills fans should be Aaron Rodgers fans in like a weird way because of the impact that he's had on Josh Allen. Like, I mean, every time Josh gets a chance to talk about it, he mentions the fact of you know conversations that he had to Rodgers that le- led to like really important mechanical tweaks that he made in his game. And so, a guy that you know, from from all accounts, is really popular in the league amongst players. Like, people really like him. And so, maybe this all this stuff is being overblown, and he's fine in the room. Even Sammy Watkins came out and said you know if if somebody's not playing well me included yeah get us off the field cuz it's not it's not helping the team and maybe you're just saying that you know whatever the case may be but i also think that you know it's it's interesting the guy has is coming off two mvp awards ryan like there's nobody on this planet that can claim to be a better football player than aaron rodgers right now right like he's coming off of two elite seasons he has a super bowl he's he's literally considered by most like really in the know football minds as the best quarterback, you know, maybe to ever play the game. What point do you reach where you're just, you're so good that it's so easy to kind of rely on what you've been and maybe stop working at what you need to be. And maybe that's a little bit about what's happening here. Not to mention the fact that he's dealing with a team where the talent level is just not where it needs to be. And when you take us, like when you throw a dart in the draft at the receiver position and you don't hit, we've seen it work really well in the past for teams, and we've seen it work really badly. I mean, mean, we're talking about, you know, Laquan Treadwell is a guy that comes to mind, a guy that's Mm -hmm. just bounced around the league year in and year out, a former first-round pick, Nikhil Harry, who's going back and catching passes against the Patriots after that disaster of a run that he had there. It's like, you know, for every Justin Jefferson, there's three or four that are just absolute, just don't work, and uh, I don't even think the the Packers used a first-round pick on a receiver, and the ones that they did draft, they just it, it hasn't been super consistent so far.
0: No, and there's been that stat about the wide receivers, the last one that they drafted. It was a long time ago, and I don't want to give the wrong name, so I'm not going to try to to remember who it was, but it's been a long time. Now, obviously, some day two picks have been in the mix uh, for him, but it takes time for some of these young guys to develop. And then other cases, like you said, Matt, there are players that just don't develop. They don't reach that NFL ceiling that uh, teams once thought. So there's a drop-off. It's not just Adams. Uh, he just lost Randall Cobb, one of his trusted receivers, uh, placed on the IR there. So it, it, it's just been a lot of hits for this team with the offensive line, the receiver position. Uh, Rodgers maybe, you know, trying to do a little bit too much for this team. Like you said, one of the best football players on the on the planet, uh, but has not looked like himself this year for a variety of reasons. Um, the
2: NFL trade deadline, you just did this story, so you may uh, you may know what it is. November first, uh, November 1st. Really. So two, so Tuesday, uh, AJ. our producer, uh, he, he wonders, will the Packers get a receiver before the game on Sunday? And I, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I mean, you're going to probably have to add like a, a, like a real vet, like a Brandon Cooks to be able to kind of have him suit up and try the Christian McCaffrey a, a, a approach of, you know a few plays. Like I think McCaffrey even had a couple practices. So if this doesn't go down in the next 24 hours. I don't think any trade is going to have an impact on Sunday.
0: No, and if anything, I I think maybe Sunday's game might be a determining factor if the Packers are buyers or sellers uh, at the deadline. Maybe not sellers, but I don't think they're going to go out of their way to buy and add all this talent if they stumble and lose another game, lose their fourth straight game. uh, You you don't want to say you're giving up on the season, but as Johnny mentioned earlier, the Vikings have gotten off to a really good start winning. This division is not going to be easy. Uh, you might be able to sneak into the playoffs though and make a run because the NFC compared to the AFC is considerably weaker.
2: Bernardo Dietze, my man from Brazil. He is making the flight to Buffalo for the Packers, and then he's flying to New York City for uh, Mm -hmm. the Jets the following week. What a a Bill's trip this year. Uh, I did our story on Bernardo and a few of his friends and a a local family last year. You can read it over at the site. Uh, Just search his name. Um, I am always ready for beers with you, my friend. So let me know when you're in town. Uh, when you get here, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll make sure that we, uh, we link up, uh, maybe even, uh, we can get Ryan involved. I don't know. I don't know when you're getting into town. We'll see what what we got going on. All right. This has been a a great show packed with a lot of great stuff. Final thought, Ryan Talbot.
0: Yeah. Final thought, uh, Bill's mafia. I'm wearing a shirt right now. Sophia warrior princess been promoting it. Uh, just, the, the the good of the NFL. I, I saw today. There you Lift it go. up all the way so I could see it. it up. Yep. Sophia Warrior Princess. Beautiful. Uh saw today that Dolphins fans, Patriots fans, Chiefs fans has started flooding her GoFundMe. Uh Sophia is a family friend, uh battling a a very rare type of cancer. Uh 26 Shirts is doing a shirt on her right now, but she also has that GoFundMe. And I've seen fans from the AFC East, opposing uh, teams. Rivals like Chiefs fans just start donating and, and pouring out money, and it just you know it reminds you that while this is a, a game where you know blood tempers rise between fan bases in game, it also reminds you of the good of the fan bases and, and the fact that they uh, go out and they're looking out for this twelve-year-old girl who's uh, battling and battling hard.
2: It's an awesome, awesome story. Glad to see everybody rallying around an awesome cause. Um, if you're getting ready for the game. This weekend, make sure you head over to Tops Friendly Markets, and you know they're—they uh, do all the work for you uh, on your game day and for your tailgating spreads. Uh, it's perfect for game day or any day. Just visit the Tops Carryout Cafe. Uh, you can go fresh, hot to go, large cheese and pepperoni pizza, fourteen dollars. Jumbo chicken wings, fourteen dollars for a ten count. The legendary breakfast pizza. Just line up a couple of those. Like if you got a big party. I mean, they're good all day. You, I leave, you can leave them on the stove and eat them later at night. You could, you could stuff a couple pieces in your pockets and bring them into the game with you. Whatever you want to do. The large, legendary breakfast pizza at Tops is only $20. Pizza or taco log, six count, seven sixty nine, dollars Baby back rib sections, five ninety nine dollars a pound. Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit ToppsMarkets.com slash Red Zone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites. Head over to my Twitter. Email me. A screenshot of your subscription to the Shout uh, YouTube channel. It'll enter you into a contest. You come hang out with me and Stevie Johnson on Friday at 2 p.m. Uh, email mperino at nyup.com. That'll get you entered into that. I look forward to all those entri- entries for Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. We will see you very soon. We've got a preview show coming right at you soon.
0: Out, a Buffalo football podcast
1: hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.